week we started a series called God Wants a Body. And uh, last week you were the message. If you were here, you'll remember you were the message and we put together a puzzle and then, and we're going to talk about the message that you brought forth a little bit later in this message. And, uh, but we're going to go on to part two today. And part two is, and of course, I don't write straight, so if this goes downhill or uphill, all right, it just will. God, first he wants a body, but in that body he wants oneness. God wants oneness. Today we're going to talk about God wants oneness. So we're going to start with some scripture. Last week I didn't use one scripture. My husband kept saying, are you going to use any scripture? Are you going to use any scripture? I said, well, today I'm using lots of scripture. Okay, it makes up for last week. No scriptures. Okay, John chapter 14. I don't know if any of you are turning in Bibles. If you are, um, you can turn to John chapter 14. They will be up on the screen. John chapter 14. We're going to start any minute now in verse 9. <laughs> you ready? I can't read it up there. With that background. There we go. Jesus, so let's see. John 14, verse 9. That's not John chapter 14, verse 9, is it? Huh. What's verse 10? Well, would you believe that these aren't the right scriptures? <laughs> Hang on, everybody. Oh, look, somebody tweeted me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Those aren't the scriptures I'm looking for. I might just read you my scriptures. It might be just a different version that's kind of got it messed up. All right. Everybody's got patience for me, don't you? Amen. Because last week, one of the very first things you said it took as a body was to have patience. <laughs> Hallelujah. You preached it. I receive it. Your patience this morning. All right. I'm still looking because I think I could just read it to you, but let me see if we can put it up there. What was that? What did that? What was that? I missed it. <laughs> are you disturbed? <laughs> we're, we're back. The 70s and 80s are back. <laughs> I'm going to read it to you. It might be verse 9, just in a different version. I don't know. So I'm going to read this to you um, because it definitely is related to what was up there. It says, Whoever has seen me, Jesus is speaking, whoever has seen me, has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? I think that's the part that was up there. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Do you not believe that I am in the Father 
and the Father is in me. Okay, I need a couple volunteers. Come stand up here real quick. Hurry, hurry. Thank you, Tyree. Would you hold that? Come here. Uh, I need one more volunteer. Oh, we got it. You're good. Now, I did this a few months ago. You might have been here for this. At the time, thank you. You guys are going to have to stand on the same side. So when we see that I am in the Father, Jesus speaking, how could you, can you illustrate how Jesus would be in the Father? Would you do that for us and hold it up high so that we can see what you just did up high? You put, okay, we have to be able to see what you did, though. Start up high. Yeah, what did, what did you do? Okay, we put Jesus in the Father. Very good, thank you. Now, don't go anywhere. But, <laughs> are they having a hard time with this? Do I need two other volunteers? <laughs> Oh, wait, wait. One of the other lessons we had last week was uh, to not only be patient, uh, but to help each other and um, have to be patient with each other's blank, whatever that. So this is, we're still doing body work right here. Okay. So that, it said, it said, do you not believe that I am in the Father? And then it says, and the Father is in me. So how are we going to illustrate that? Okay, very good. Now, now, just stand there for just a minute for me. So now Jesus speaking again in John chapter 14 and verse 20. This is New Living Translation. It might come up there, might not. <laughs> when Jesus saying, when I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father. Wait a minute. He is in his Father. All right. Good job. Good job. And you, speaking to his disciples, you are in me. Okay, I need a third volunteer. Somebody jump up here. Who wants to be willing to be humiliated? <laughs> so, and you, Jesus said, and you are in me. Okay, so, you are in me. Wait a minute. And then it says, and I am in you. Well, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> Ed is giving up. Just stick his on top. All right. Okay. <laughs> then <laughs> Now, in John 17, 23, Jesus says, I am in them. Okay, so that would be Jesus is in man. So wait a minute. Jesus is in man. And you, God, are in me. Or I think, that, I don't know if that's God or people. You see, there's kind of the point, isn't it? Is that who's in who? It's such a back and forth that there's oneness there, isn't there? Yeah. There is a oneness there between God the Father, Jesus, and mankind. And, and we would almost feel like that's... Uh, a little sacrilegious Jesus and God are in me a, a person but it says it right there that we're in him he's in us he and God are in each other there is a tremendous oneness and unity in the spirit thank you give them a hand for letting me do this to them <laughs> put them on the spot <laughs> thank you so I want to read now John 17, verse 20. Let's put that up there. John 17, verse 20. Uh, 
That's verse 23 of something. John 17, verse 20. There it is. I do not ask, Jesus speaking again, I do not ask for these only, speaking to, he's praying a prayer to God the Father, asking about for, for his disciples. I do not pray for these only, but also for those who will believe, so that includes us, who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us. So we know that the Father, I'm just going to go that far right now, that we know that God, the Father, and Jesus are one. So let's just say this is the realm of God here. Okay? And so in the realm of God, or you could call it the Spirit, but I not just general spirit, the spirit of God, in the realm of God is, according to these scriptures we've just been reading, God the Father, right? He's in there. Would you agree? In that same realm is Jesus, right? Now we know Holy Spirit's in there, although he has not been. Did you know Holy Spirit is actually... I've said this before, some of you may not have been here. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is always in the feminine. Did you know that? We've been calling Holy Spirit he for a long time. Holy Spirit is she. Just thought I'd mention that. Okay, um, so, I mean, where do you think that the male and female aspects of God come from? I mean, the male and female aspects were made in his image. There has to be a female part of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so we have the realm of God. We've got God the Father. We've got Jesus. And we just read that you've got, we've got mankind in there because he's praying that we would all be one. Okay, well, so let's get specific. Kathy, are you part of mankind? All right. So we have, I know these markers aren't real big. Uh, Hannah, are you part of mankind? Yes, you are. So we're going to put Hannah in here. I'm trying to get different colors, even though they don't show up that well. But here we go. Hannah's in here. Who else is in here? Rick, you're in here. All right, we're going to put Rick in here. Who else is in here? Oh, Bruce wants to be in there. <laughs> Bruce is in there. So we've got Bruce. All right, who, 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 did I lose the cap? Oh, here it is. Uh, who, we have Angela in here and Angelo. We'll just kind of group you into one since your names start with A. All right, so we have Angelo and Angela, you know, plus one. Okay. <laughs> Cynthia, you're in here. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, I could put the whole room in here, right? Do you get the message? What'd you say? Ted. Ted. Yeah, like Ted here. Yeah, Ted. I can never say it now. Ed and Terry have become Ted, right? In other words, 
oneness. Something we haven't realized is we're not only one with God, but in the spirit realm, we're one with each other. We have done a lot of emphasis that I'm one with God. This is my identity. This is the identity we are trying to understand is that I am, you are, each one of us as an individual are one with God. Therefore, you individually are seated with God in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are the head and not the tail. You, you, you are above and not beneath. You are all the things that Christ is in the spirit realm. If we could take off this earth suit and see the real eternal you, you would look just like Jesus. You would look just like Jesus, and Jesus looks just like you. But what we haven't emphasized is that we together look just in the spirit. I look just like you, and you look just like me. I look just like you, and, I, you look, you look, and on. We look just, looks at somebody next to you. Right now in the flesh, you don't look like them, other than that maybe you have a head and a body and arms and legs, things like that. You have similarities. But in the spirit, we're one with Jesus. Very hard to comprehend because we live in a world that is separated. When we put on this body of flesh, we were separated. And so we live this out differently than what exists in the spirit. In the spi I don't totally grasp it. I just know it's true. We are, I am one with you. I reflect you, you reflect me, we reflect Jesus. That means oneness. In the spirit, you and I are already unified. We already have kindredness. That's the word you used earlier. We're already one. We already act alike at least in principle. See, we're so separate-minded that we're going, but I'm different than you. Well, I don't know what that's like in the spirit exactly. I know in the, with our bodies on, we have differences, and Scripture says so. We have different parts of the body of Christ. Nevertheless, we are to act as one, and we need to come to understand. Well, would you go ahead and put that back up there again, John 17? And starting in verse 20, or we can go on to 21, that's fine. That they may all be one. See, Jesus, this is what God wants, folks, in the earth. It starts in the realm of the spirit. It already exists in the realm of the spirit. But God counts it important that we would all be one just as the Father is in him and Jesus is in the Father, that we also may be in him so that the world may believe that God has sent Jesus. Let's go on to verse, the next verse. The glory that Jesus speaking, the glory that you've given me, I have given to them. Now notice, we emphasize so much, I should be able to do miracles. My work should be greater than his works, but it's us. It's an us thing, not a me thing. It's an us thing. The glory is to be in us collectively. That makes us 
very, very, very important and cannot be dismissed. That they may be one even as we are one. Next verse. I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you have sent me and love them even as you have loved me. It's in our oneness that the world will be known. It is not in our doctrine that the world will know. It is not in how much you know that the world will know. It's in being one. It's in our love for one another. It, our oneness as a body takes on far more importance, especially than our society today does. Let us, as a cause, we don't realize it. We live in an independent, those of us who live here in the States, we live in an independent United States. You know, we think the United States is a very great place, and I do think that. But one of the things as it's put into us is a lot of independence. It's not all bad. There's, there's, there's things that we have to know about how to live in this earth. But when it takes away our oneness, we're supposed to be United States, right? Well, I'm just talking about the United States. That's not my emphasis today. The point is, is what that culture puts into our brain. I mean, I, you know, it's hard to even get to know our neighbors half the time because we're going, going, going so much. We don't even know the names of our neighbors. I mean, I don't know the names of all my neighbors, and I should. But sometimes we just... We're too, we're busy. We're busy, busy, busy people. We don't do that. We don't, maybe we don't value it. Maybe we don't realize the importance. But oneness already exists in the spirit realm. And it's what is to be manifested. And it's important. Us is important, not just me. Yes, you as an individual, you're in the image of God. Yes, you've got identity in Christ. But we have something greater. We have something greater. All right. There are two New Testament descriptions that give the best that we can kind of grasp this with our earth suit on, um, what this is like. And one of them is called the body of Christ, and the other one's called marriage. And so we're going to look at both of those today. So 1 Corinthians, if you're turning in your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it'll be up on the screen. Let's look at the body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? I've always envisioned this, this, point, this, this particular scripture of an eye rolling down the street <laughs> if it didn't have the rest of the body. Okay, a little visual for you there. Okay, or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be, like I just said, if it had only one part. 
Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. This is one of the ways we describe that we get the closest to the spiritual oneness in the earth is by looking at a body. Romans 12, verses 4 and 5, and I'm reading it from the Amplified, says, For just as in one physical body we have many parts, and these parts do not all have the same function or special use, so we, who are many, are nevertheless just one body in Christ. And individually, we're all part one of another, mutually dependent on each other. Everybody, let's read this verse together. So we, numerous as we are, are one body in Christ, the Messiah. And individually, we are parts of another, mutually dependent on one another. God wants... It is his plan that we are a body in this earth. It's not happen chance that we use that terminology, that we're the body of Christ. This isn't a happen chance thing. This is God's plan. This is what God wants. He wants us mutually dependent upon one another in union with Christ the head and in union with the other parts of the body. You understand, this is a vital union that empowers us. I mean, if my hand were not a part of this body, it would be non-functional, correct? This is a vital union. It is not a um, prerogative. I mean, it's not a, uh, you get to choose. If you want to live, if my hand wants to live, it stays connected to my body. And should it be disconnected, of course, it itself would be dead. And the rest of my body would be making up for what this part should have been supplying. Everybody suffers. Right. This, is, this is not optional. It's a vital union that empowers us. Have you ever felt like you wanted to be empowered? I do. I, I, mean, I mean, it isn't just a one-time shot. There's times I get with some of you, it totally empowers me to be who the part I am. Totally. I need a regular shot of you. And, and if, you real, if you would stop and think about it, you'd realize you need a regular shot of each other. It empowers us to be the body. And it's a vital component of the glory of God in the earth, a vital component of showing forth the kingdom of God. Thus, it would make sense, the two greatest commandments, to love the Lord your God 
with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It goes hand in hand. Woohoo! goes hand in hand with, did you notice that? Was that good? Hand in hand with the importance of the body. Matthew 18 says, if I, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Sure, you can ask alone, but there seems to be greater power in asking together. Sure, you have God in you everywhere you go, and when you're alone in your prayer closet or wherever you are, God is absolutely with you, in you, never leaving you nor forsaking you. But when two or three or more of you are gathered in his name, there apparently is something different, a different manifestation of his presence that takes place. It's not by accident that in Luke eleven seven it says, A house divided against itself cannot stand. And yet so many of us are trying to stand without the body. Let's take a look at, uh, at marriage. Ephesians chapter 5. That's the second example about how we're joined together in the earth as one. So in Ephesians chapter 5 is this whole passage about the husband and wife relationship. And right Close to the end, it says this, starting in verse 31. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. So it's a, the complete Jewish Bible says this profound hidden truth profound hidden truth that a husband and wife could become one and that that is a representation of Christ and the church. I was thinking about a husband and wife becoming one and, and so as an illustration, so here we have, this would be the husband and the, right, the way you know that that's the husband is because the wife has on a skirt. <laughs> And we'll give her some curly hair. Okay. <laughs> and so when they become one, which we'll just illustrate by joining hands here, then if you have him plus her, you get, this must be a male boy, a male boy child. Okay. Oh, no, wait, it was going to be a girl because I was going to put curls on it. Okay, so there's your baby. <laughs> So when you have the oneness of a man and a woman coming together, what do you get? You get life. Wow. That's good stuff. If this is a representation of God and the church, when you put God and the church, not a person, Maybe a person, yes, of course. I get it. I get an individual makes a difference. Okay? As a matter of fact, I believe very bigly in you alone can make a difference. But nevertheless, there is a big truth here we've been neglecting. When you put God and the church together, you get life. You get life. Hey, Ed, could you turn this around for me? Last week, well, first of all, we know that Jesus is the resurrection and the life, right? So when you put God and the church together, it is the very heart and nature of Jesus. 
Last week, you all came together, you that were here, and you put together, you came forth with a huge message, a message of life. Whoops, I did that wrong. A message of life. Look at this. Isn't this what life is all about? We're not alone. We have to be patient. Well, sometimes we shouldn't get in someone's way. We have to talk together to work it out, don't we? We feel valued when we work together. We need to have grace for people's whatever. There was safety. Some of us felt safety because we got help, because we didn't feel adequate in ourselves, but we got help, so we felt safer. We didn't feel like we'd be embarrassed. Everyone brought their skills. Things came together, even though it took trial and error. We grew through uncomfortableness, and then we went ahead and pushed ourselves forward, even when we felt uncomfortable. It was exciting. It was fun. It was fulfilling. There was a sense of accomplishment. Isn't this what life is about? There was exponential power in numbers. We felt included. We helped others who needed help. Sometimes, yes, it was messy. Isn't this what life is about? There were differences, but it came together. We filled in each other's gaps. It took teamwork. The, there was a boundary established, but that boundary then allowed for flexibility and process so that despite the challenges, we finished perfectly. You brought forth this message as a body. It was a message all about life. When we come together, we produce the life of God in the earth. So I want to do something now for, with our last 15 minutes. And Ed, could you turn this around one more time for me? In a minute, I want to ask you to get together in groups of six or seven, a good discussion size. We're going to do a little discussing because I want the body that's here today to come forth with more life messages. All right. And, I, and I'm asking you not to get in too big a group because then everybody doesn't have time to share. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this. And this is what I want to ask you to do. Oops, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, me. My body is going, why did you do that? Okay. It was an illustration. I did it on purpose. It was an illustration of how that when you hurt one part of the body, the, all the body goes, ouch. All right, praise the Lord. Okay. <laughs> I want you, I don't want to use black. Okay. We'll try to see if purple shows up. I want you in your group to identify, if you can read my writing, first you have to be able to identify my writing, a reason or some reasons that people get cut off from the body. And then in your group, after you've identified some reasons or a reason, I want you to boil it down to one, and I want you to discuss what a possible solution might be. How can we deal with that particular reason 
why people get cut off in the body. So go ahead right now, six or seven people in a group, please. Round up your chairs, whatever you want to do, and help me out. Be the body. Okay, everybody, if you'd wrap it up. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, now I didn't say you'd need a spokesperson from each group, but I'm going to need a spokesperson for each group, from each group. Oh, right there. You, are you going to do this? Okay, he's going to bring a microphone to you so I can hear, hear you better. Okay, first what I want to know is what's the one, what was the reason you decided, what, what reason did your group decide to work on? Uh, that gets people cut off from the body. What's the first, what's the problem? Um, it would be offense and stuff. Okay, hang on. Thank you. That's good. Offense. All right. All right. And how did you, what kind of solution or solutions or what can we do about this? It's more like what can we try to do about this? So you could like forgive the person like if you said they had a bad shirt or something you could like say that their shirt was nice and stuff after uh -huh. you, and then say that you forgive them and then the person could also forgive you and then you could be all happy again and then not cut off and stuff amen <laughs> Woo! <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> all right great thank you all right the next group that was ready to share every okay right behind you what's the first of all what's the problem that you could see of why people get cut off from the body yeah that's that would be a problem <laughs> Our, uh, our, our word we boiled down to judgment. Okay. Because we feel that judgment. Like we're judging of, each other? Yeah, judging each other, judging ourselves oh. negatively. I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things that can separate, but I, I think most of the time it boils down to judgment of some kind. Uh huh. Okay. And, and the solution kind? is love. Oh. We walk in love and and see things the way that God sees them and and see people the way God sees them and see ourselves the way God sees us and and just just walk in love it it'll fix it all amen all right thank you next okay right over there we chose offense as well okay. And solution would be asking for forgiveness, whether you are the offended or the offender. Ask for forgiveness. Okay, I'm just going to come down here. Ask for forgiveness. All right. Another solution would be to reach out in love to the person who's offended. Okay. And being sensitive to the spirit while doing that. Ouch. Reach out in love and then be sensitive to the spirit while doing that. that. Did I hear that correctly? Yes. Okay, great. Thank you. Awesome. Yes, careful. Somebody move that thing for me, <laughs> would you? <laughs> uh, we said, what did we say? We said that they, by choice that they choose it mainly because of fear. 
Um, ah, okay. So the, so the person who's disconnected chooses to be disconnected. Is yes. that what you're saying? Okay. And we're assuming because they're in fear. Okay. Person. Without choose. going into a list of right. things. That was kind of bottom line. Bottom line. Yeah. Okay. Chooses disconnection and I'll just do a fear. Yeah. All right. And then our solutions are that we can choose to have our love on towards them. So love. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, understanding boundaries. Because if they've chosen it, we don't want to mush them. Okay. And then, yeah, mush. That's a very technical that, word. How do you spell that? M-U-S-H. <laughs> a mush. I have them. Yes, I have a six-year-old. That's how we spell it. Um, Don't mush. Mush. Okay. <laughs> mush. Oh, all right. <laughs> yes. And then um, recognize them as having value. So however you would choose to show that so that they can know that they're of value. And be welcoming. And, and be welcoming? Yes. Okay. I'm going to give the mic back so I don't start preaching. <laughs> Apparently, she must be a mouth in the body of Christ. <laughs> Since you want to preach, I, that's all I meant. <laughs> all right, ours was along the same lines, just that feeling of disconnection. Feeling of disconnection. Yep. On the part of the person or the, the individual? The individual. Okay, yes. um, um, they feel, is that different than choosing disconnection, that they feel disconnected? It's the same. Same? Well, it could, could be different. It could be, okay, I'm going to put it as different. Okay, person. That's what I think. So it's kind of like the person maybe feels potentially intimidated. I don't know what all y'all discussed. Okay, person feels disconnected. Has anybody ever felt disconnected? Yeah, I have. Okay. Even I, who am a people person, have felt disconnected. Okay. It can happen right now, right here. It could be present today. Okay. By the way, any of these could be present today. Certainly. All right. Go ahead. I'll let you talk now. Okay. <laughs> Instead of trying to take You're over. You're doing so well. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's encouragement. It was encouragement. <laughs> encouragement. All right. Uh, a reason to consider how what, what can be done about it is from the church, the people within the church, it's really being outgoing and, and working to connect with others and reaching out. And then for the people who have felt disconnected and whatnot is really just in their time stepping out of that and working to connect. Yes, I wondered that about this. What did we, we gave a bunch of solutions. Not wrong, not wrong. This is a full, we're trying to just continue to create a full picture. It takes all of this. But this was all about what we would do for them. I was wondering if the person could do anything. So you were saying that they would work, how did you say it? You don't remember. <laughs> Well, we were saying we all have a responsibility ourselves to also engage in what is happening in our community. So instead of waiting for everybody to come to you, we can take steps to engage ourselves if we're feeling disconnected. Take, take 
responsibility. The, by the way, all of these are great. Okay, we have more groups, right? Two more groups. All right. Y'all are going to remember the questions if they're not up here? <laughs> okay. What's a reason someone might disconnect? Inclusion or exclusion. That's Versus, a reason they would disconnect? What do you mean by inclusion? Whether or not they've, be, you know, as people are doing something or something is going on, whether or not they are included or not included. Whoops, there we go again. Okay. <laughs> See, we, we must do a lot of bumping around in the body of Christ. I am just convinced that this is an illustration. It's, every time I bump, it represents an offense, a judgment. <laughs> okay, uh, so inclusion. And it stems from whether or not people got hurt, whether there, words of, there were words of criticism, Okay. Giving Which, them the temptation to draw away. Right. So that's offense. And the two things you just said, first two things I heard you say were offense and judgment. But I'll put uh, words that were spoken. Inadequacies. Okay. Yes, that would be inadequate. Okay. Inadequacy. Feeling inadequate. Yep, 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 yep. Inadequacy, I think. Solutions? <laughs> Did I do good, Rachel? Did I do good? You clapped your hands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get up close and personal. Build relationships because you don't know what part you can play unless you know, unless you know the need. Woo! Wow, that's, I think that's pretty huge. I mean, and of course... That this fits into everything. Of course, yeah. That's very good. Bill. Because it includes getting people involved and encouragement and not leaving anyone out. And it takes effort on everyone's part. Don't know till you're close. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. Next. I'm running out of room. Somebody be sure and get a picture of this, please. You're going to need another board for I'm gonna, us. Okay. No, <laughs> <laughs> Try to, I'm going to have to write smaller. All right. No. Uh, uh, the big reason was hurt. Ah. Okay. And um, concern was, you know, hurt, hurt people, hurt people. <laughs> yes, hurting people, hurt people. That's right. Yes, that's true. And, a, and the uh, solution was to pray, um, you know, do what the Bible says, which is, you know, if you have... Oh, well, now he's pulling the Bible on us. Do what the Bible says. <laughs> do what the says. Bible says. <laughs> <laughs> if, there, if you have an issue with someone, you, you, should, you should take that concern to that, to that individual. Okay. Take... And realize that it's not about you. Ooh. It's not about, I'm going to put me to make the point here. Okay, great. And what the else? B There's part more. of that, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really have more? 
Okay. Anybody else? Is there another group that hadn't spoken yet? Did we get everybody? Wow. Once again, the body of Christ has brought forth a message of life. Now, some of these have clearly some similarities, like heard and offense, and there was another group that had offense. And of course, asking for forgiveness, reaching out in love, is getting up close personal and building relationships because you don't know what's really going on till you're, till you're close, taking the concern to them directly. You know, it's not about me. That has a lot to do with being able to forgive and to love. I'm sorry. Somebody saying, you can have, I have a, if you want to say, spurt out something, raise your hand so Ed can bring in a microphone because I, I won't be able to hear you. Inclusion, feeling included or excluded. You know, sometimes feeling included or excluded uh, are because words were spoken, but so it comes from the outside, but sometimes feeling included or excluded comes from inside of you. And then you project that onto the group. Oh, they're excluding me. They don't include me. And it's being projected from the inside out. All of which, so if that's the case, if you're the person who's taking responsibility and trying to get up close, because really, this is huge. Not to say, all of this goes hand in hand together. But this is a huge, huge, huge under revelation here. Get up close and personal. Build relationship. You don't know what's going on until you're close enough. That would go for judgment, too. I mean, it's so easy, isn't it? Just, I don't know about you, but in my imperfection, it's easy to judge somebody. You know, the, the kind of the sitting at the airport or in a shopping mall and watching people go by, and you just make little judgments, but it's still judgment. You know, we, we have this tendency, because we live in this earth, to do this, and this drives us apart, apart yeah. instead of brings God's oneness. So if we were to get close enough to somebody and ask questions and try to understand, well, we may or may not still agree, and we'll talk more about that next week. Yeah, that fits into this, inclusion and exclusion. So to me, a true click is one where a group of people won't allow someone in. But we are to be groups. We are to be grouped. We are going to naturally be grouped. My hand is naturally grouped to my wrist and my lower arm. It is not naturally grouped. To my foot, you understand? You're going to have sim you're going to have similarities. You're going to have our home groups, and you're going to draw close to each other. The it becomes a click when you won't let somebody in. It's not that you are a group with similar interests and likes. That's not a click. A click is an attitude that says, "Sorry, we don't want anybody else in. You don't fit us. You can't come in." Yeah. 
I need a microphone, please. The problem is people can feel that even if you say, oh yeah, sure, everybody's welcome. But this group of people have known each other for 20 years. There's no way you really feel part of it. So what's the solution? If they've already known each other for 20 years, you can't go back 20 years and become part of them. Yeah, and, well, that's, yeah. But that doesn't make them a click. So the click is when they don't allow anyone in. You just have to live with the fact that you don't have their 20-year history and start from where you are. Yeah, and that's fine. And several of kind of give the responsibility of this for people who have left the church or want to leave the church. And we can't say it's their responsibility because that's part of why they want to leave anyway. Somebody mentioned in ours, people won't be here for several weeks. Do they hear from any of us? And that goes so much to Barb's thing. If we've gotten up personal and know them, then they know us enough to say something to us about what's going on. And maybe we know them enough to go contact them. So whose responsibility is it to contact them? I'm sorry, but what was that? All of us. All of us. It's everyone's responsibility. Oh, I suppose you could. You are the senior pastor of the church. I guess I can let you. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. These are real issues. So we, we put them out here in a big picture. She just brought it, one of those points, down home to us here at Genesis and our Genesis family. Thank you. And I bet we could discuss about 10 or 12 or 20 more, but we're not going to this morning. Everybody go, whew, hallelujah. We would like meet all afternoon. We'd need lots of patience and <laughs> lots of love. But it is everything that you've said here, what was just said, was all very valuable and true. Would you stand to your feet with me, please? Thank you for being the body this morning in an active way by your participation. Why don't you grab the hands of someone, maybe if possible, across the aisle in a showing forth of oneness. It is... You know, in the spirit, we're already one. In this flesh we live in, we have challenges. <laughs> we have challenges. Just like we have challenges in every other way in our life, we have challenges to oneness. That doesn't mean, however, we should give up on it. Hey, everyone. Because we have challenges to oneness, 
doesn't mean we should give up on it. I'm going to say it one more time. Because you have a challenge with somebody doesn't mean you should give up on it. Heavenly Father, we love you. We're so blessed that you and we are one. Help us to grasp this more and more. Help us to uncover your nature that already resides, that nature of oneness already resides inside of every person in this room. Reveal to us, Father. Help us, Lord, to take our responsibility and to reach out beyond ourselves. Touch another life. And be a part of being one. Because we already are one in the Spirit, Lord. Boy, we need more oneness right here and now. Father, for those of us who have a problem with someone right now. There's all kinds of stages of forgiveness. Sometimes the first stage is just to say, all right, I'm willing. I'm willing to, maybe, maybe it's even, I'm willing to be willing. <laughs> I got to start somewhere, Lord. I know forgiveness is a good thing and I want to go there, but I kind of don't want to go there with this person. Lord, just even help me to be willing. Help me to start somewhere towards forgiveness. Other people are along the path of forgiveness that says I've chosen to forgive, but my feelings are still a mess. Father, help each person in this room to take the next step to bring total forgiveness and total wholeness, Lord, wherever that might be needed. Father, wherever we don't feel included, we feel excluded. Maybe somebody really did exclude us. Well, then that requires forgiveness and finding where we can be included. If it's from within, then, Father, I pray that you'd heal our hearts to realize how valuable and important we each individually are and that we can be included. Thank you that each person in this room finds a group with whom they are included because it's important to you, Lord. Father, today, for those of us who have given up on being included, Put a new hope in our hearts, a new spring in our step, a new life. Because everybody in here is valuable and has valuable things to give to the other that would be mutually dependent on each other. So, Father, grow this in us here at Genesis. And I know this extends to the body of Christ beyond here, but right now our part is right here with us. Grow this realization and reality within us. Help us to be a blessing to one another. Bless this people, Lord, as we go through this week. We love you so much. Look at somebody now. Tell them you love them in Christ.